0: Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and this is episode 30, The Problem with the Church. This is the Filming with Josh podcast, brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. All right, guys, thanks for joining today's podcast. I hope you all are doing well in Texas down here for those of y'all out of state listening in, um, it is still hot today. It is, uh, a hundred degrees out yet. Um, again, at least it's not 105 anymore, but we have some nineties and even some 80 degree days ahead of us. I am fired up for that. Um, uh, I just, I can't wait. I'm tired of the heat. I'm ready for the fall. I love the fall. I love hunting season. I love, um, pumpkins pumpkin spice lattes maybe i'm a white girl i don't know but i I like the thought of them (laughs) um i like hocus pocus and halloween and football season and the churn of the weather i love everything about it fall is no doubt my favorite time of the year and it is so close that i'm not going to say i can feel it because today it's still hot but it's so close that hopefully i'll be able to feel it tomorrow when the temperature finally drops (laughs) thanks for tuning into the podcast today um Today's podcast is going to be different. It's going to be off topic, completely off topic. For those of you who have never listened to the Filming with Josh podcast before, I want to thank you for listening and tuning in today. Um, my podcast, the Filming with Josh podcast, is all about video production and teaching people about videography, editing, storyboarding, script writing, and even the business side of owning a video production company. Um, But today's podcast has nothing to do with any of that. Today's podcast is completely off topic. And the whole point of today's podcast is for me to use the Filming with Josh podcast, my podcast channel, to talk about something that's kind of weighing on my heart. Something that's actually been weighing on my heart for quite some time. And I've gone back and forth on whether or not I should even do this podcast, but I honestly feel like I should. And the reason why I want to is for anybody, that, anybody listening to this, I'm hoping that you will learn something from my podcast today. Um, I'm hoping that what I talk about either hits home with you a little bit, or can open your eyes to something that I see as an issue. And that issue is within the church. Now, before I go on any further, I do want to say I am not here to talk bad about the church. I'm not here to bash the church. Um, I am here to just talk about a problem I see within the church, and the reason why is I want I want us as a as a body of believers to to work on this. This is something that's that's very important to me, and something that I think is going to be important to a lot of people out there. And it's our job as Christians to talk about things that probably are not ideal, and try to find ways to improve upon them and that's what today's podcast is all about for those of you who have been following the filming with Josh podcast for a while uh, you may or may not know that I am an outspoken and open Christian um, I, I drop little hints about it here or there I don't I don't really talk about it too much on the podcast but if you follow you probably know that I am um, and my story my my testimony is uh, it's nothing very, significant or uplifting in terms of it's not like I had one big moment in life where something crazy happened and, you know, books are going to be written about it. (laughs) Um, Mine was, my my testimony is a lot, it's a lot simpler. Um, I was seven years old and I literally just woke up in the middle of the night. I can still remember this just like it was yesterday, but I remember I woke up in the middle of the night and something inside me just said, you know, I want to become a Christian. And so I ran into my room, and I woke my mom up, and I told her at seven years seven years old. I just said, "Hey, mom, uh, show me how to be a Christian." And so my mom did. She took me back in my room, and she opened the Bible, and she talked to me about it, and she explained to me. Um, she explained to me what being saved meant, what salvation was, and she walked me through that process. And I I became saved that night. And. I remember that. I I was very, um, aware of what was happening. It was my idea. It wasn't brought to me. It wasn't forced on me or put on me. It was something I asked for at seven years old on my own because it was something that inside me I knew I wanted. And, and that's, that's, that's all my testimony is. It's not like, you know, I was going down some deep, dark path and, and God pulled me from the depths of sin. I guess he did. You know, every, we are all sinners, but it's not like I had some crazy, crazy story, um, my story is just a lot more simplistic. I was a seven-year-old kid. I wanted to become a Christian. When I was in high school, um, or all the way up to high school, I guess I should say, my family, we went to church on and off. We, we would go to church uh, for long periods of time, and then we'd go periods of time where we didn't go to church. Um, I think a lot of a lot of families or a lot of people in America tend to do that, uh, and we, we were that. We were that family. Um, and when I, when I was in high school, when I was a senior in high school, I had been dating this girl for uh, almost two years and she cheated on me. And then eventually we, we, we broke up. I actually tried to stay with her because for some weird reason back then, I thought I, I needed her um, in my life, <laughs> despite what she had done. Um, but she didn't want to stay with me. And so it, it was a, it was a hard moment. And obviously I was just in high school, you know, I mean, that I was, a, I was a. Eighteen-year-old kid at the time, probably didn't even know what love was. But I knew I really cared about that person, and that that really hurt me. And I kind of spiraled for a while. I spiraled for like a few months. It was like not like ah for a week. I, that was it was a big deal because like we we were looking at going to college together. We've been together for a while. Um, I actually worked some with her dad. Uh, I, I just I was real plugged in with her family, and I don't know. I just. I thought we were building something, and so when that happened, I spiraled for a while. And finally, one day, I went up to the church in our town. We I lived, I grew up in a small town, and I went to the church in our town. And I introduced myself to um, the newer pastor. He was he was relatively new to this church, and I just went in and I introduced myself and I said, "Hey." Uh, my name's Josh. I know you're new here, um, but I was wondering if you could give me some advice. Todd Gray was his name, and Todd, uh, he's only like, I don't know, probably 15 years older than me, maybe not even that, maybe 10 years, I don't know, something like that. I mean, he's older than me, um, but Todd and I, we have a lot in common. We started uh, seeing each other on a regular basis. I would go up there, and he'd kind of mentor me and... and we'd talk about hunting and fishing and God and stuff. And it was, it was really cool. He built this relationship with me and and Todd and I have stayed in touch over the years. Todd is now in a different town at a different church and um, he's got a lot of great things going on, but we still talk uh, a couple times a year. I I make it a point to try to get coffee with him when I'm around um, up in his area. And he actually married my wife and I uh, two and a half years ago, back in 2018, March of 2018. Um, but Todd was instrumental at this point in my life because when I was when I was in high school, when that when that breakup happened, Todd really helped me work through that. And one of the things Todd did was he got me plugged back into the church because I like I said we had been going on and off, kind of on and off. But he got me like really plugged in. And the youth group in our town at the time was struggling, and Todd kind of used me um, to kind of help recruit and bring more people to the youth group. And that was a struggle, um, but I definitely did get a few people to go. Um, and, and that really helped me. I was actively working towards something. Um, I was a part of something. And I, I think at that point in my life, it's what I needed. And when I w- left and went to college, I went to college in East Texas at Stephen F. Austin State University, um, Axum Jacks. And I loved SFA. SFA was an incredible school. And while I was at SFA, um, one of the things I really wanted to do there was I I wanted to be involved in a lot of things. I I went with the advice someone once told me, which was in college, you can be anybody you want to be. When you go to college, you can be anybody you want to be. Nobody there knows you. You can be whoever you want to be. And so when I was in college, I wanted to be a part of everything. I was already a part of everything in high school. I was... You know, I was kind of the top of my class. I was like number three in my class. So I was in the top 10 of my class and and I played sports and was on the varsity baseball team all three years of high school. And I was a big part of like the National Honor Society and uh, all the all those different types of things, competed in UIL. So I've always already was the kind of person who liked to be involved in a lot. But in college, I wanted to be involved in even more. I wanted to be a part of everything. So I joined all kinds of groups and, and I joined... Um, I joined the student foundation, and I joined um, a fraternity. I rushed a fraternity my freshman year. I did all kinds of stuff, and and the whole point of it for me was I just wanted I just wanted to do a lot of things and and meet a lot of people and and that type of thing. But the one thing I never really had when I was a freshman in college was anybody to go to church with me. When I was rushing the fraternity, we would have. Uh, our pledge meetings on Wednesday nights, and I would always have to cut out early because, which they hated, and I got hazed for sometimes. <laughs> uh, but I would always cut out early because there was this thing that happened on Wednesday nights at SFA at one of the churches there um, called the Great Escape. I think it's called something else today, but back then it was called the Great Escape. And I, I used to go, and it was this—it was this place. It was this—it was a church, but you would go there, and there would be hundreds and hundreds of college students. All worshiping God and celebrating God, and it was incredible. A lot of singing, a lot of worship, really great speakers, really great messages. Um, I, I saw some just amazing things happen at the Great Escape, and I started going my my freshman year. But nobody from my fraternity left when I when I would cut out of the pledge meetings early to go with me. Nobody from the Forestry and Wildlife Department that I was studying. Classes with uh, went with me, and all the other groups and stuff I was involved in, they all had their own things going on. So I would go to the Great Escape by myself, and when I was at the Great Escape, I would always go in. I knew no, I didn't know anybody there, so I would go in and I would just find a place to sit. I would try to get kind of closer to the front because I wanted to be close and and that type of thing. But I remember. Nobody ever came over and talked to me. Nobody introduced themselves to me. No one, no one, no one tried to get to know me or try to invest in me. And I did try to meet people. I would walk over and, and it was kind of hard. You know, I'm a freshman in college and I didn't know anybody there. But I would walk up and try to introduce myself to people, which was tough because they were kind of clickish. And they would like shake my hand and say, Oh, nice to meet you. But then they'd go back to doing their thing. And so week after week, after week, after week, after week, I would go to this great escape by myself. And I even went to church by myself. I would go on Sundays when I wasn't um, hungover (laughs) from fraternity things or when I wasn't out deer hunting, I would do my best to go to church because I wanted to get to know people. And I wasn't a perfect college student. You know, I partied and I had fun and, you know, I lived life in college and but I did want to be. I did want to get plugged in with the church, and I I would go on Sundays, and I would try to meet people. But the same thing happened. I always, again and again, seemed to be sitting in a pew by myself. And only one time can I ever remember someone coming over and asking to sit with me. It was this kind of odd girl. She was. A little different, multicolored hair, had a bunch of piercings and that type of thing. Um, just a little a little, a little different, kind of gothic maybe, um, but a super sweet person and really nice and a huge believer. And she came over and introduced herself and asked if she could sit with me. And that was the only time, the entire time, I was going there that that ever happened. And it really bothered me. In my second semester of college, I broke down and I went to one of the lead pastors of the church after uh, the Great Escape one night and I introduced myself and I was like hey um, I have I'm having an issue with something I want to see if you could help me with and the guy says to me you know what what's going on and I said well I, I'm trying to get plugged in but it seems impossible I come every week to the Great Escape I never miss and I come on Sundays as often as I as I can and I never seem to Meet anybody. I said, I try to introduce myself to people, but it never goes anywhere. And I just, I can't seem to get plugged in and I don't understand. Like, I want to make friends in the church and I want to get to know people in the church. And he says, Oh man, I'm really sorry about that. Um, Why don't you start coming on uh, Sundays to our Sunday schools that we have before church and I'll introduce you myself to some people? So that's what I did. I I went to, started going to the Sunday schools and, and he would introduce me to some people. But honestly, it was still really cliquish. And I would meet some people here and there, but nobody ever really wanted to like they never really wanted to invite me into their groups or into their circles or invest in me. So I still felt like I was kind of on my own. And it wasn't until it was like my my second or third semester of college. I think it was my it was my third semester of college. Um, so I guess uh my uh beginning as sophomore here that that church had a men's retreat for the college students, the college guys. And what basically what they did was they took us out to this big ranch and there was like 50 or 60 of us and they said, okay, you're not allowed to bring food and we're gonna we're gonna drop you guys off on a Friday afternoon and you guys can leave on Sunday evening and you're not allowed to bring any food at all and only thing you can bring are guns. Fishing poles and traps, (laughs) and you're going to have to work together to catch, kill, or trap your food for the whole weekend. And that sounded like an awesome time to me. And so I went and we starved. (laughs) We couldn't catch anything. We couldn't kill anything. We couldn't trap anything. In fact, Saturday night at like two in the morning, I guess that would technically be Sunday morning. We finally shot three rabbits. <laughs> and most people were already asleep from hunger pains and they just went to bed because they hadn't eaten in like 30 hours. <laughs> and those of us that were still awake, we cooked those three rabbits and that was all we had. <laughs> and it wasn't until I was at that men's retreat when I mentioned to someone that I had interned for Parks and Wildlife the previous summer and in uh, that part of my job was to trap and kill hogs. And... When they when they found out about that, they told several people, and I got put in charge of the hog hunting group. And we almost did. We almost we almost killed a couple of pigs. They they happened to be on a neighboring property. Um, we were hungry enough to trespass, but we decided not to. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until then that people started talking to me. They're like, "Hey, so tell us about this, you know, hog thing you did, or tell us about your internship." And then finally, at that moment, I. Th- finally started to get a little plugged in. And some of those guys hung out with me after the retreat. We started to build uh, some friendships, and I started to get plugged into some of the circles a little bit. But it took that. It took me having something that I could contribute, or it took them needing something that I had for me to get plugged in. And that's kind of what today's podcast is going to be about. And again, I'm not here to bash the church um, I'm just here to talk about a problem that I see. And this is, again, something that's been really weighing on me. And I want to backtrack by saying what the church is. When I when I talk about the church, I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about the body of believers, the body of Christ. That's the church. Church buildings are nothing but a building. That's a all it is. It could be a physical church building. It could be a cafeteria. It could be a schoolhouse. It could be in a field. It doesn't matter. Church is the body of Christ, the body of believers that get together to glorify Him, to worship Him, and to spread the gospel to others. That is the church, and that's what I'm talking about today. And a problem that I see in the church is how incredibly difficult it is for people to get plugged in, for people to build relationships, for people to break the mold of clicks. I'm going to fast forward to where I am today, kind of, or where I live today, to tell you about another experience I've had with this, and something that's a little bit more recent. Six years ago, a little over six years ago, I moved to Central Texas after college, to take on the job of being a lead television producer for an outdoor television show. That's how I ended up um, in Central Texas. And I've been here ever since. And, sorry, my phone, I thought it was not silent. Turns out it's not. Um, I've been here ever since. And I remember when I first moved here, my my roommate, he was a friend of mine from college who he moved here with me, uh, who's also a a Christian, we wanted to get plugged into a church. So we started right away when we first moved here. We didn't know anybody down here. So we started trying to get plugged in, and we went to a bunch of different churches to try them out. And over and over and over and over again, him and I would go to churches to try them out, and... Nobody would want to get to know us. We would introduce ourselves, tell them we were new. They'd be like, oh, that sounds good. Fill out the form here. And then you fill out the form and you'd never hear from them. And no one would ever like try to get to know you. Um, They might say, oh, well, welcome. We're glad to have you here. And then that's it. And it wasn't until about... The fifteenth church we tried, which just so happened to be a church I went to when I was a kid, because um, I, I lived in Wimberley till I was eleven years old, and and so I it was a bit of a drive. It was like a thirty minute drive for us to go from San Marcos to Wimberley to this church. But I told him, I said, "Hey, I went here when I was a kid. Why don't we go try it out? Um, see, I heard the pastor, the same pastor that was there when I was a kid, is there. And so we went, and sure enough, the same pastor was there. Somehow he remembered me. Um, and one that's first Sunday we went. Um, We were sitting in a pew, and we got tapped on the shoulder, and we turned around, and there was this this man and this woman who said, hey, you guys look new here. And we're like, yeah, we just moved here. Um, We were trying out the church. And they said, well, hey, you should come to lunch with us. We're going to have lunch with a bunch of people from church that are at the service today. We do this after... um, Usually after every service, and there's a lot of people y'all's age, um, early to mid twenties. That's how young I was back then. Um, and then she said, "You guys should come, come join. We'd love to to have you." And so we did, and um, that's where I met my wife. It was that day, and I met her friends, and I met a bunch of other people, and we started getting plugged in. And this group did an amazing job of building relationships and. Uh, investing in my roommate and I and getting to know us. And it was really cool. And it was like, finally, after all these churches, we found one that took an interest in us. And after about a year of going there, my roommate uh, moved back home. And my wife and I were dating at this point. And that group kind of dissolved. And the church started over- undergoing some changes and stuff. And and we lived kind of like 30 minutes away. So we decided we'd try out some other churches that were closer by um, to see what they were like, and so we would go to churches, and we'd try them out, and it was the same thing all over again. We would go, we were new, we would try it out several Sundays, and people just didn't really seem to take an interest in us. We would go online and fill out the forms that says, hey, we're new here, we're interested in joining a Bible study, um, and would send out the form and then we'd never hear from anybody. We'd go online, we'd send, go to the contact page, we'd send out an email saying, hey, we're looking for a Bible study to join. We'd never hear from anybody. We would go on Sundays and we would talk to people and ask them about stuff and they would give us their phone number or we'd give them our number and they say they'd call us and we'd never hear from them. And it was over and over and over and over again, we would go to a church and try it out and nobody wouldn't want to invest in us. And finally, we decided we would try out Austin Stone. If you're from Texas, and maybe if you're not even from Texas, you've probably heard of Austin Stone. It's a big church. They have five campuses in the Austin area. And we started, started attending Austin Stone South Campus. And we're blown away by the preaching there, the way they did things. Um, and so we were like, we have got to get plugged in at a church. And we, we liked this one. And finally, we found a Bible study that we could Go to. And we went to it and we did meet some people um, and we tried to get plugged in. I actually, even um, at the time, I was not married. So I was living by my own and I had a a spare bedroom in my house. And I actually let uh, a couple, a husband and wife who were in between housing situations, live with me for several months. And like we were really trying, you know, to be a part of this group and trying to give back. Um, And then it just kind of fell flat. It seemed like even though we tried and we over and over again like i had i had a couple people live here for a while i my, we would go constantly to these um bought to the bible study we would try really hard to be a, a part of this community but it just seemed like nobody wanted to invest in us outside of that and it seemed like we would run into the same thing over and over again what the communities we had actually get invited to go to to try out it seemed like most of them were full of young families who had like one or two-year-old kids, and they would only associate with each other because they all had were at the same stage of life. And as such, they just never really invested in us. They were too busy talking about their kids and what stage of life they were in, and they wouldn't really ask us questions a lot of times or get to know us too much. And so we just kind of felt left out. And so one day, we decided to just quit going. And we had been going for two years to this community group. And only one person ever called us to find out where we've been. It's been a year and a half since we left that community, and only one person has ever asked, called us up to ask us how things are going. And it was the one, one of the it was the guy that um, who, who him and his wife lived with us for a while, um, and they're great people. But nobody else ever reached out to us. No one followed up to see. Oh, it's we hadn't seen you in a year and a half. Where'd you go? And it's it's really. To me, it was really telling because they just never were invested. And that's the whole reason we left to begin with, because it was like, no matter how hard we tried, nobody was interested in investing in us. I even had a lady, I swear to you, this happened one time. This is, this is just, this is shameful. But I had a lady one time at a church group tell me to my face that I was not investable. I was not worth investing in because I traveled for work and wasn't at church every single Sunday. That's literally what she told me. And that, guys, that's sick. (laughs) Like For for a believer to say that to anybody, let alone a fellow believer that they're not worth investing in because they travel for work, that's terrible. Like, What are we doing here? And that has just been my experience. It seems like these church groups in the body of Christ, the church people, are so cliquish and so consumed with themselves and the people immediately around them that they don't seem to try to build relationships with anybody else. And so for people like my wife and I, we feel largely just left out. We ended up trying a different church um, a year ago, and get this—they only had a men and women's group. They didn't have very—they didn't really have any like couples um, communities. And we're like being a part of a community group or a, or a small group or whatever you want to call it is important. to My wife and I because we want to build relationships with people. We don't want to just go hear someone preach and go home. We want to build relationships with people, and this this community group, they only had men and women's and the men's met on Tuesdays and it would go to like nine in the morning and the morning and the women's group was at get this 10 a.m. on Fridays. Like who can go to that? So basically you have to be a, a, a stay-at-home mom or you have to work from home in order to go to their to be a part of a small group at that church. That's that is sad. My wife never got to get involved with anybody because she has to work like a normal person. And so once again, my wife and I could not get plugged in. So now here we are trying a new church that we've been going to for a few weeks. Um, and we are trying some community groups out right now. The last one the last two we tried, um, the people were very friendly and have followed up with us. and that's a breath of fresh air. But guys, it's taken us years to find that. And that is sad. Constantly, over and over again, we would go try churches out or community groups or small groups out, and people just did not seem to want to leave their clique and invest in you. They only were consumed with people who were in the same stage of life with them, as them and were only only cared about the cliques they already had. And it was just like dang near impossible to to, to get plugged in, to fit in. And it feels like high school almost, you know? And I think as as, a, as the body of Christ, that's sad, guys, and it's scary. It's actually scary because you know what happens when you do that? You, you turn down people who could really need you. Do you know how many times I go to church on a Sunday and I'll see a man or a woman come on their own who've never— clearly never been there before, and they'll come in and they'll sit in a pew by themselves. And just like me, it reminds me of me back in college. No one will go over and sit to them or by them. No one will introduce themselves to them or ask them how they're doing. And I see it it all the time everywhere I go. And my wife and I have tried to invite people like that to come sit with us. We took a guy out to lunch one time because we know what that's like. And what if that person? And for those of you listening to this podcast who are believers, what if that person needed you? What if that person needed God? What if that person didn't know God and here that he or she is, and here is your opportunity to invest in them and get to know them and to help them and to do what you are literally called to do as a Christian. Yet you are so consumed in your clique and and being a part of 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 your group and your world that you're not you you just don't even see them, and that's sad, guys. That's sad. the whole point of us being here is not to be here for ourselves, it's to serve others and to grow God's kingdom, to teach people about the word of God and to show them the same love and grace that he shows us. But it seems so often that people get so consumed in their everyday life and so consumed in their own circles and so consumed with their own cliques that they forget about or don't even notice everybody else. And that is a scary position to be in. And I think as believers, if you're listening to this podcast, you should ask yourself, is that you? Are you the person on the bench? Because if you're the person on the pew that no one's talking to, I am really sorry. On behalf of every believer out there, I am really sorry. And I hope that someone reaches out to you. And I hope that you can get plugged in. And if you're the person who's not going over and talking to the person on the On the pew, if you're the person not investing in other people, not inviting people over for dinner, not trying to get to know people, then shame on you. And I hope this podcast wakes you up. And I hope this podcast shows you that there are people out there who need God or who need a community. And as a Christian, it is your job to provide that for them, to be there for them in whatever capacity that may be, whether it's putting someone up in your house, whether that's offering them uh, help, whether it's buying them lunch, whether it's asking them to come join your small group, whether it's just simply something as small as walking up to them and like, Hey, who are you? Where are you from? Is this your first time here? That could be all they need that day. But to just sit in your circle and not invest in anyone else, that's not growing God's kingdom. That's growing your kingdom. That's being there for yourself. And it's selfish. And this is something that's been weighing on my heart because my wife and I have lived this for years. And it has been a big pain point for her and I. I mean, guys... I own a video production company. I've got more equipment than experience than I know what to do with. And I literally will call churches up that I've tried going to. And I will offer to them and say, hey, I own a video production company. I I would love to uh, bring my equipment or, or just myself, you know, whatever you need and help out with the services on Sundays. How can I give back? How can I use these things that God's provided, these things God's provided me with to give back to your church? And they either won't respond to my email or they'll tell me if I'm talking to them on the phone or even in person, they'll say, oh, we'll be in touch, we'll be in touch and I'll never hear from them. And guys, I promise you this, I promise you this, I'm a business owner, I'm in the business world and you know what, I guarantee you that the same people on Sundays who do not return phone calls or emails to people who are seeking community or seeking uh, to, to build relationships or who are asking to help or to serve, for those people who don't respond to them, and those people that don't come up and, and ask you how you're doing and introduce themselves to you, those same clickish people, I guarantee you that in the business world, because a lot of them are business people, I promise you that if they were selling a product or a service and someone called them, they would return their call. I promise you that they would invest in someone if they thought they were going to get business out of them. I promise you that if someone called them and offered to help them, they would welcome their help. It's only when it benefits them, it seems like, that people are willing to be responsive and to plug in and invest in you. And that's sad. We should be doing that in all facets of our life. It doesn't matter who it is or, or how different they are than you or whether you gain something out of it or not because that's not what it's about. It's about helping others and being there for others and serving God and helping to glorify Him and grow His kingdom. And if you are not doing that, it's time for a gut check. I know what it's like to be the guy in the pew who no one talks to. And it's not fun. And as the body of Christ, we should be called to be bigger than that. And I hope that in today's podcast, it has nothing to do with video production. And if you're listening to Filming with Josh podcast for the first time, this is not normally how my podcasts go. But I hope this hits home with a lot of people. I hope that you share this. I hope you tell people about this. I hope you talk about it in your next community group. Because it's very important that you grow and that you invite people in your life and you you take part in them. Because if you're not and you're only here for yourself, you're not doing anything to glorify God and you're not doing anything to grow His kingdom. And that is literally what you are called to do. Thanks, guys, for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Again, this is not how my podcasts typically go. Um... But this is just something that was on my heart, and I hope that I hope that it makes a difference. If you're new to Christianity and you have any questions at all, shoot me an email at josh at rusticriver.media, and I will, uh, I will do my best to help you out. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in today, and I'll talk to you guys next week. To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today.